So early in your career, when you're brand new at being a product manager, the first thing to focus on is becoming really good at shipping products, you know, becoming really good at creating products that delight customers and hit the goals. All right, welcome to another episode of How to Product, a podcast series catered to folks looking to learn more about product management. We bring in industry experts and product leaders from across the globe and talk about topics on top of your mind. This podcast series is brought to you by PM School, India's best upskilling platform for aspiring product managers. PM School alums are making waves in the product ecosystem. Their alums are now PMs at the likes of Baiju's, ShareChat, ClassPlus, Zeta, PayPal, among the many others. You can go to pmschool.io and check out the live program. Apply for the next cohort now. I am Arjav Jain, your host for this podcast series, and I'm a senior PM at Byju's and I've spent over 6 years in the industry building products in the B2B SaaS space and consumer products in the edtech space. I'm not going to hold you back cuz you're here to listen to our guest for today and settle in folks cuz you're signing up for a lot of learning coming your way. I have with me someone who doesn't really need an introduction but for the ones living under a rock I'll just go ahead and introduce her. Jackie Bavaro spent her early days at Microsoft as a product manager and then as a consultant on the SharePoint product. She then went on to lead product teams at Google on their search suite of products. Jackie then joined Asana as their first PM and then went on to become the head of product management and led their first launch and multiple feature releases after that. Jackie is also the co-author of one of the best product management books out there, also considered a bible for PMs, Cracking the PM Interview. She recently launched a new book, Cracking the PM Career, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. It gives me great pleasure to have you on the show, and to be honest, this is a mini fan moment for me, Jackie. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to talk to you. So I know a lot of people in the community in India who've transitioned to product management after reading your book Cracking the PM interview and I personally recommend it to folks who reach out to me as well. So on behalf of the community in India, thank you. Thank you for that book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we have limited time so I'm going to jump in. I have uh, I have a few questions for you and I want to make sure that we have enough time to get through all of them. So Jackie as PMs, right? We have valued in having sort of a product intuition or a product sense to call it and that this decision of ours or this product of ours is going to work out where do you draw the line between intuition and bias I love this question. I think I think this is this is really insightful because I do think that um intuition and bias are maybe two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And uh what I see is really important is that as a product manager we're building our intuition we're having experiences where um investigating to see why our intuition was wrong so we can improve it for the next time um mm-hmm. but i draw the line as saying that it's really important to validate your intuition it's really important to have that intuition so you have a quick idea of which direction to go in and to be able to say um 
which of like a hundred different ideas might be the most promising to, to go after. But then it's also really important to double check those ideas. Mm -hmm. So when I say validate, it's kind of a fancy word, but it just means double check. And there are so many ways to validate ideas. It doesn't have to be a big, complicated, expensive, um, you know, multi-month project. A lot of times you can take a design and show it to your um, roommate or your office mate or right. you know somebody that you catch in the streets and um, and just double check if they use the, the design the way that you would. Or you can hop on a call with a customer and ask them what their top problems are and see if the things you thought would be a top problem actually came up. Mm -hmm. Right. So people sometimes, uh, I mean, don't give enough credit to rapid experimentation and prototyping. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you're also coming from the same point where you don't need to build, uh, you don't need to invest multiple millions of dollars to build something and validate something. You could do it really quickly. Exactly. Right. Awesome. Uh, so it looks like to all of us that you probably have it all figured out. And, uh, uh, but I want to really know how do you ensure that you keep learning and growing as a product management leader? Yeah, I love this question. So again, <laughs> great questions. Um, so for me, what I found, and I think this might be each person might have sort of their, their own different way they lean. But for me, the most important thing for learning and growing has been taking people's um, complaints and criticisms ser seriously. Mm -hmm. So I have a tendency, once I know an area really well, and I'm like, I'm an expert in this space, when someone disagrees with me, I'm like, well, I must be right and they must be wrong. Mm -hmm. So let me figure out how I can say no to them as quickly as possible. Um, but when I'm in that mindset, I'm not gonna be growing and learning. So what I found is so helpful is every time someone disagrees with me to, to open up my mindset a little bit to say, well, what if they were right? What are the circumstances in which they could be right? What would have to be true for them to be right? Maybe it's only a 1% chance they're right, but let me let me explore that and learn from that. And that is um, because people will always disagree with you as a product manager, then you have a constant stream of opportunities to keep learning and growing. Right, so this uh, reminds me of uh, this book by Carol Dweck called Growth Mindset. Mm -hmm. Right, and this is something that was also uh, ingrained as a culture at Microsoft, uh, which is making sure that you have a growth mindset and you always keep learning and don't close doors to any kind of feedback. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, any any books that you read or any recommendations that you have on on any of the books that our listeners could benefit from? Oh, um, so many books. Um, I actually have a, um, a product manager reading list. Um, I can share it with you if you want to share the link later on with maybe maybe 30 different books that I love. Um, but I do love I do love a growth mindset. Um, I love getting things done um, by David Allen. It's yeah. really great for just getting on top of your own personal time management. Um, I'm reading Teresa Torres's Continuous Discovery Habits book right now, and it's wonderful. Um, I love, uh, yeah, so many great books out there. It's, uh, there's, there's too many for me to go into right now, but I'll send you the link. <laughs> that link's going to be super helpful. I'm going to, uh, send it across with the episode. Right. So, uh, Jackie, what are the metrics that you use in measuring your own success and which ones are the highest priority? I mean, a, a prioritization is a PM problem. So I'm going to definitely ask you that as well. So which one is the highest priority and why? Yeah, so this has really changed over my career. And I think when I was a brand new PM, I, I really looked at the career ladder and I thought that that was the measurement of success. So mm -hmm. I was like, 
you know, I was at Microsoft, so I was, you know, whatever the starting level number was, 57 or 59. Yeah. And uh, and then I um I just like wanted to get promoted. And I wanted to increase that number, and that number was success. And um, at some point, I I took a step back and I realized, you know, that doesn't have to be the way that I measure my success. I don't I don't have to consider my success as just getting as many promotions as possible and, and working my way up to VP. So, um, so when I moved over to Asana, I really changed how I measured success. And I really, for me, success became growing with the company and helping the whole company succeed. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, I think, wonderful for my mental health. It really, it really took me out of this sort of competitive mindset and this, um, this like create, you know, success being something that was just like personal for me and turned it into more of a communal thing that for me, success was helping my teammates succeed and helping our company achieve our mission. So, um, so that was, that was really, I think an important shift for me and one that took a long time for me to realize, uh, because it's hard to break free from, you know, the, the questions that your parents ask you when they're like, how many people report to you? And you're like, oh geez, is that success? Um, so being able to for- find my own definition, I think, was really important. Um, and now I really, I really think about my my personal mission as being more about um, helping more great people become product managers and helping people become successful in product management. Right. So, so really, it's about um, a, a bit about the you know the number of people I'm able to reach and the and the impact I'm able to have on people. You know, I really love it when when I find out that I help someone break into product management or if I'm helping people get a promotion or helping people just discover that this is a, a job that they are good at, even though uh, they, they maybe got stuck once or twice in their career. Right, that's a great way of looking at it. So, but if you had to go back and tell yourself when you were starting off as a product manager, um, I'm sure at that point, the definition of success would be different if it wasn't for just the levels at Microsoft, right? Uh, but if you had to go back and tell yourself that, you know, when you were starting off as a product manager, what do you think would be the right measure of success at that point? Um, so I think for new product managers, what I generally think of is, and this is this is sort of one of the, the big ideas in my new book, mm-hmm. is the idea that the career ladders that you get at, at a big company, and basically every career ladder I've looked at, and I, I've looked at every one that I can find from lots of different companies, mm-hmm. is that they're usually very misleading. They, uh, they're designed really well for a manager to tell you why you haven't gotten promoted yet, but they are <laughs> terrible at teaching you what you need to do to expand your own impact. So um, the alternative that I believe in is that there is this new model, which is thinking about three phases of a product manager's career. And the first phase is shipping products. So early in your career, when you're brand new at being a product manager, the first thing to focus on is becoming really good at shipping products, you know, becoming really good at creating products that delight customers and hit the goals. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to learn here and you can get faster and faster at delivering this product and get better and better at it. Um, and at some point you'll notice that, you know, at the early in your career, this will help you expand your impact. But at some point you'll start to plateau. Right. And that's the point at which it makes sense to look at the, moving into that second phase of a product manager's career. And this is often the leap that you'll see to making senior product manager. Mm-hmm. So this leap is the leap into the second phase, which is product strategy. So you still need to keep shipping great products, um, but now you need to take on a new responsibility, which is identifying new opportunities in the world Mm. and coming up with a strategy to win in the marketplace. So you might have the absolute best product, you know, design in the world, but if if the marketing's not good enough, if you haven't gone after a problem that's important enough to people or you haven't figured out the distribution 
um, or you haven't gotten all the cross-functional collaboration in place so that the salespeople are selling your product. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not actually getting to customers, um, then you haven't succeeded at this product strategy stage. So um, a lot of times there's this, this big leap where you have to kind of break out of the, the normal product life cycle and actually get into that planning phase where you're, you're finding out what will help your whole company and your whole product succeed and, um, and how can you make that happen. Um, and there's less of a playbook, less of, you know, formulas you follow yeah. here, although, the, you know, there are, there are, you know, templates for creating strategies. Um, and then there's a third phase. So you get really, really good at product strategy. And that's something that you'll work on for your whole career. Mm -hmm. um, but once you become a people manager and you want to sort of continue to grow as a product leader, now you move into a third stage, which is organizational excellence. So hey. the best product leaders are not the people with the best strategy and the people who uh, ship the products that the like customers the most. Um, because if that's all you were doing, then you might as well stay an individual contributor. Um, to be a great product leader, you need to be able to create a strong team mm -hmm. that can do those two things at a scale beyond what a single person can do. So you need to be going up a level and creating the context and hiring and recruiting is a huge part of your job here. Setting up processes so that uh, you can get the best out of all the people on your team, that people can work together well, as well as um, as coaching and development so that people know the, the ways that they need to grow. Um, all of those are part of being a great product leader. And all of that is still only half your job. Half your job is being this great leader for the organization below you, but the other half of your job is being a great strategic advisor to the rest of the company. So, so here you'll be involved in things that have nothing to do with product. It's really about understanding what it takes to make the entire company successful right. and putting the company's success above that of your just your own teams. Wow, so I know I'm going to order this book right after this interview because <laughs> I already see there's a lot of value in it. Right. Uh, but you you summarize, I mean, you broke it down really well. Initial stages of your career, you focus on shipping products. And then the second stage is where you start strategizing and figuring out what needs to be built. And then the third stage is where you're a, you're a, you're a people manager and then you start building a team and then start contributing the company strategy. Right. Yeah. And success basically would mean different things in th these three stages. Yeah. Right? Brilliant. Uh, you This sets me up perfectly, which is for the next question, which is, uh, so you've uh, spent a lot of time in product management, right? And you just spoke about how you look at it from this lens. Now, but where is this headed? Where is product management headed uh, from a career perspective, right? What would it, uh, would the definition change, let's say from 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm definitely help hoping that those, those three stages become more formalized and that more people start to look at their career in that way. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that will help people understand what they need to do to expand their influence and sort of get to the next level. Right. Um, in terms of, of how product management changes, so I think one of those is that career perspective. And I'm really hoping for people to sort of move away from the checklist job rubric that makes it seem like, you know, sending your status reports out on time are just mm -hmm. as important as, you know, as creating strategies that, that um, win over new customers. Um, but the other, the other big change I've seen in product management is actually going back to rapid prototyping and validation. I've seen a real improvement over time from um, back when I started at Microsoft and our customer research was really, uh, we had a, a team had gone out to do customer research and created these literal cardboard cutouts of four people in a family. And that's that's what we used to uh, to design our, our, our product wow. is like okay. focusing on these personas. 
Um, and going from that to having, you know, lots of usability testing, lots of A-B testing, where you can see what people do in the real world, um, to, um, to much better prototyping tools, going to, to ways that you can do paper prototypes and design prototypes with click-throughs, and now even into prototypes where you can have more, um, more of customers' real data building into prototypes. Um, and, and making it so that more people can, can run those faster and, and better improvements in um, recruiting participants. I think all of that is, is really critical to improving product management because so much of what we do is having an idea, but then finding out if it really works in the real world. Wow. Okay. So product management uh, has evolved in the, uh, in the US, I would say, right? And that's where generally it was conceptualized and it got incepted. Uh, but what do you think aspirants from India and other countries with emerging markets like Singapore, Indonesia, Pakistan, uh, what do you think we can take away from the United States and product culture uh, or product management in the United States? Yeah, so I think that there are lots of great modern tech companies um, that, that, are, that are starting up in, in companies countries like India and Indonesia. Yep. Um, I think about, you know, Swiggy in India. I think about mm -hmm. Gojek in um, Indonesia. And um, and I don't know for sure if this is an accurate pattern, um, but I suspect that the um, that the, the most interesting modern tech companies we're going to see um, in emerging markets tend to have something to do with what's specific and unique about the country. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, food delivery has to be unique in every country because the way that you do payments and the way that you do uh, you do routing and the way that yeah. you um, all of this is going to be really unique to each country. And so I think that that's a place where, where I tend to see a lot of these really modern tech companies. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's a great a great place to learn. But I do think it is helpful to to um, to pay attention to when you when you are joining a company. There tends to be a split between the more modern tech companies that are open to um, open to influence from the product side, rather than a, a slightly more traditional approach of you know the people who have been doing sales for fifty years know what's right and and they're going to push forward exactly what they wanted. Right. So you took an example of Swiggy, which is, uh, and there's a competitor, uh, Zomato in India, right, who recently filed an IPO. And uh, they also, basically, they when they filed their IPO, they spoke about how food delivery is so different in China, in India, and in the US, because the density, uh, population density is uh, is much better, you know, larger in, in China and in India. So the cost of delivery becomes lower. Right, which is why it's such a unique problem, uh, and that's that's what I got reminded of when you said that. Right? Yeah. Uh, great. So, uh, b before I let you go, Jackie, another question. Uh, I want to understand, like, you've been a part of building product teams and hiring uh, PMs on your team, right? So, I wanted to understand from you, what do you look for uh, in a PM hire on your team? Uh, great question. So, um, the first thing that that I need to sort of pay attention to is. Um, am I hiring for someone who is senior and experienced or am I hiring someone um, as a, a new PM? Mm -hmm. And I love associate product managers. I started the associate product manager program at Asana. 
Um, but you do need, uh, I really believe in apprenticeship. And so you really do need a lot of senior PMs to support each um, each junior PM mm -hmm. because you really want um, new PMs to get to learn from um, learn from great PMs and PMs who have already been there and you want them to have uh, enough people available who are willing to answer their questions and show them how it's done. Right. Um, so I look at that at first um, to decide, you know, do I have space to hire more um, more junior PMs or do I need to hire more senior PMs here? And then um, I really there's a few different things, um, but the most important thing to me is product mindset. Um, I, there are lots of smart people in the world and not every smart person sees the world the way a product manager does. <laughs> so there are, um, absolutely amazing people and there's nothing, uh, uh, n I have nothing against them. And I think, I think that they are brilliant and I think they will be wonderful people, um, who can have great careers ahead of them. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have product mindset, then I don't see them as being a great fit for the product manager role. Um, and for me, product mindset is the, um, is the habit of always thinking about the goals and always connecting the um, ideas and solutions you have back to those goals, especially customer goals. Um, and so when I when I meet um, really brilliant people who I don't think are product managers, the uh, the two um, the two other things I sometimes see is I sometimes see people with, see people with a project manager mindset. Right. Um, so that's somebody who expects. Uh, expects the strategy and the the goals to come from somebody else, and they are excellent at delivering those projects. You know, on time, on budget, um, to spec, and um, and I think that that is a really, really strong skill set. Um, but when I talk to people like this, and I'm like, well, what uh, what do you think the goals ought to be? They're like, well, whatever, whatever I was told they ought, they were ought to be. <laughs> Um, and then the other mindset that I sometimes see is uh, what I sort of call an enthusiast mindset. Yeah. And a lot of uh, a lot of tech founders have this, um, and it can be very successful for a tech founder. But um, they basically get very very excited about an idea or a technology, um, and then they they want to make it happen and bring it into the world. Um, but they they haven't really connected it to a right. problem they've seen in the world or a goal that they have. They they just. Um, they're really attached to a specific idea. And they can be very, very successful uh, founders, but I do consider that to be a big difference between um, between like a visionary founder right. and, a, uh, and a great product manager. Great. Jackie, thank you so much uh, for taking time out and speaking with us. Uh, this has been amazing, right? And I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for this, so yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm still getting over that conversation with Jackie. She has so much to offer and learn from, it's a shame that it had to end in 20 minutes. Thank you so much folks for tuning in. Do check out Jackie's new book, Cracking the PM Career on Amazon. The link is available in the description of this episode. I've also added the link to Jackie's book suggestions to the description as well. You can experience what a PM does by stepping into the shoes of a product manager with PM School's live program. Check out pmschool.io and apply now. Give us a shout out on social media if you liked what you heard. Follow us on the app you're listening to this on to get notified about our next episodes. We'll be back with another one very soon. Until then, stay curious and stay safe. This is your host, Arjav Jain, signing off.